Marie-Colotte Bibeau, welcome to Radio Canada International once again. Thank you. Now, I just want to start with a bit of um, uh, news and get your reaction. Uh, the United Nations uh, World Food Program says it's facing a, sev a severe funding shortfall in Palestine. And uh, it says, you know, it, it's affecting almost 200,000 people in Gaza and the West Bank. Uh, it's asking for $57 million dollars. Uh, in funding to be able to continue its operations. Um, just give me a bit of uh, your sense of what, if anything, can Canada do on this? Well, it's it's a very sad news. Uh, I was in uh, in West in the West Bank uh, recently last summer, and I was able to uh, to visit and meet with uh, many of our partners in the field. Meet with uh, the, these young girls and boys and and students and and teachers and people living in clinics. And the situation is very very difficult over there. So, learning that uh, one of our main partner WFP is. We'll have to cut some basic services to this population. is really heartbreaking. Um, we obviously will follow the situation, but Canada cannot always compensate with all these cuts, especially for this region. But uh, we we do our best uh, to um, to put uh, the money of Canadians in the hands of trusted partners and to make sure that we have the biggest impact we can in the field for these uh, the most vulnerable people. So for now, you don't see any possibility for Canada to contribute more than it already has? Well, the World Food Program is already the uh, organization that is uh, it's our number one partner in terms of contribution that we give uh, every year. So some of their projects are directly linked to countries, uh, to, to projects. Uh, others are... Uh, general contribution to the organization that they have a certain flexibility to uh, to decide in what country they apply. Uh, obviously, I'll look into it to see if we still have some flexibility uh, for this year. But in the same time, uh, it's, it's, it's hard to, um, every time we hear that another country uh, cut somewhere to, to be there to compensate. So we're, we're trying to be very systematic in our way that we uh, evaluate projects and their impact. But obviously, the World Food Program is, is, is a big, big one. Is this related to the cuts by the U.S. government to funding for uh, projects in, uh, in Palestine? I can't confirm that. I, I don't know. Okay. I just want to move uh, to another story in the Middle East. I mean, recently we've had some encouraging news from Yemen. Um, tell me, what are you hearing uh, uh, from your partners? Uh, what's going on there? Uh, it's really uh, the, the biggest problem over there is the access. Access for uh, the humanitarian workers to uh, reach uh, these people who are starving and access as well in terms of for the um, the food and and the distribution of the the, the basic you know uh, food water and basic services so because that the, because the port is uh, at the heart of the conflict uh, the armed conflict so it really has an impact in terms of um, seeing the uh, the supplies going across the country. So it's not only the humanitarian supplies that 
are hard to to get to the people, but uh, only the, the others who would normally be able to uh, have some economic activities uh, don't always have access to the products and the supplies. So it's it's a it has a do- double impact on the very poor. Uh, in terms of just, you know, finding something to eat. And it has an even wider impact on the economy that was still uh, functioning in the, in the country. So it's, we have millions of people starving because of a, uh, a human decision. So it's not nothing. It's, it's, they're not starving because of a natural disaster. They're starving because of a conflict. So we... Uh, we hope that the uh, the ceasefire and the uh, that that the parties will be able to find uh, a peaceful agreement so we can access uh, the people and have the supplies to to feed them and support them. Now, since uh, the conflict started in 2015, Canada has provided uh, 130 million in humanitarian funding to Yemen. Um, do you uh, have any plans for the next year? for Yemen oh, in particular? We will definitely be uh, supporting uh, the uh, our humanitarian uh, workers and partners in the field. This is one of the most terrible conflict and, and crisis, humanitarian crisis in the world right now. So yes, we will definitely continue supporting our partners over there. Hmm. Well, uh, looking back at the year past, um, just... Uh, Tell me, what's, uh, what do you think was your biggest achievement as the Minister of International Development? Well, I think the G7 uh, was uh, an important one because of the contribution uh, we were able to, uh, to gather for girls' education. So with a 400 million Canadian contribution, uh, we were able to bring other partners on board and to uh, get a um, an overall commitment of more than $3.8 billion for girls' education in crisis environment. And when we talk about education in this context, it's not only uh, purely uh, teachers and schools. It, it's also working on all the barriers that stops uh, girl, uh, stop girls going to school. So too much is related to gender-based violence, early and child marriage, early pregnancies, um, just the transportation to go to school might be dangerous in many cases. Having access to um, sanitary infrastructure that are safe for girls, so uh, that, yes, first, it's safe, and second, they, they can go to school when they start to have their periods. Uh, so working with the teachers to stop uh, sex for grade, this is something that drives me crazy, that some teachers take advantage of their situation. So there are so many barriers uh, for girls going to schools, and this is really what we want to work on because we need educated girls to have empowered women and to be able to, for them to, to have a healthier family and to contribute to their community. So everything related to adolescent girls and helping them develop their full potential is really at the heart of our policy and of my own engagement. So the G7 was really all around this. Um, our contribution uh, around the Rohingya crisis in Myanmar and Bangladesh is also a significant one. We committed uh, $300 million over three years, but it's not only the money, but it's also the way we do things. And actually, Canada has a 
really is is leading in different ways in the field uh, with our partners because we really try to bring uh, a gender transformative approach and i can see that our partners are really want to be part of it and they see the advantage actually they were the one who told me and told us to do such things uh, during the consultation before we launched the feminist policy so we are still there to lead the way and to convey our partners and say okay we have to work together to make sure that we take into consideration the specific needs of the girls and women but also we consider them as agents of change and how can we even during a crisis develop their capacities and and their leadership so they are in a better better place to contribute to the to the peace process or to the reconstruction of their community for example so this is really that's something that is really uh, dear to my heart and I would say the third one would be um, the Voice and Leadership Initiative. So this is uh, an initiative to support local women's organizations who are working um, in, the, in the women's rights area, I would say. So it really contributes, and it's, uh, we are deploying this initiative in 30 countries right now. So how can we support local women leaders, local women organizations uh, to fight for their rights and, for example, ending child and early forced marriage is always uh, one of the first one that comes to my mind, but uh, ending female genital mutilation, having access to uh, to land, having the right to own a property or a property or to uh, or have a bank account or to run for politics. So the rights and, and it includes also the LGBTQ uh, community. So um, it's really supporting local leaders uh, for them to make a difference in their, in their community. Now, um, looking forward in 2019, um, it's going to be an election year. Um, mm-hmm. Your government uh, uh, run uh, and presented uh, a major uh, shifts in Canada's uh, foreign policy, development policy. You presented the the feminist uh, foreign and development policy. So, um, what's in store for 2019, and wh- what you will be running on in terms of uh, Canada's development policy in the coming, uh, uh, you know, four years. Mm-hmm. And uh, you're talking about the foreign, uh, yeah, foreign uh, feminist policy, for, uh, for yeah, yes. feminist development policy. I would add to it the uh, Women, Peace and Security Action Plan, even our trade uh, policy, including um, uh, the, the uh, thinking into consideration the workers and gender equality. So all around this, approach and really standing for our values around the world is is very significant and i think canadians uh, can be proud of this feminist approach uh, and uh, i would say um, you know we're very proud of our canadian peacekeepers but standing up for women's rights uh, in different ways i think we canadians can can also be very proud of that um I would say that uh, everything related to climate change and supporting developing countries in their um, adaptation process, uh, everywhere I travel, in every little region, uh, when I speak with agriculture uh, producers, 
they talk to me about climate change uh, because they have noticed the changes and the, the different seasons and more water or less or they are very concerned. So we contribute. We, we, we're working a lot with uh, women producers, for example, to help them be more resilient uh, to face uh, climate change. We're working a lot with small island states um, in their preparedness and emergency uh, action plan and everything related to their situation since they are facing too many um, natural disasters. So climate change uh, is one. The other one, I would say, is also uh, innovative financing. So um, I've got in the last budget $2 billion over five years uh, to support the feminist policy in terms of grants and contributions to our different partners. But I also got $1.5 billion for innovative financing. And this envelope, uh, we're looking um, to use it, uh, to use a Canadian contribution really to leverage more money for development. So we're looking into different new ways to partner with the private sector, for example. Or, so really we are in the, in the, the, still in the consultation mode for this specific uh, area right now because we want to have um, to use uh, the Canadian uh, brand, the Canadian leadership that we have right now, and the Canadian financial contribution to have more impact uh, in terms of development. And, and we really have to to do it if we want to reach the sustainable development goal. So this is really in my, in my mind right now to find new partners and new ways to, to support development. But and uh, yes, and, and there's the partnership, gender equality partnership that we are working on. And this is really a specific initiative with the private sector, with Canadian and international philanthropists to support directly uh, local women's organization as well. So this is another example of the type of new partnership that we are working on. But what do you say to people, and uh, we get this comment every time we do stories about Canada's international Mm. development contributions, who say, listen, we have so many problems here in Canada with our First Nations communities, with infrastructure. Why are we, you know, spending all this money outside of Canada when this money could do so much good here inside? Well, we are doing both, and, and I think we must do both. It's uh, We're doing that because uh, I think as Canadian, we strongly believe that we have a role to play to support the poorest and the most vulnerable in our world. But it's also in the interest of Canada in different ways. If we are... When we are investing in development, when we are creating, when we are creating jobs uh, in a developing countries, a country, well, we are contributing to the peace and the stability in this region. And right now, there are too many countries that are over that faces um, a demographic explosion, and all these young people, if they don't have hope for their future, if they don't have access to education, they don't have hope to find a job uh what they, they need they need you know something in front of them if they don't 
they might be tempted to join armed groups so that will jeopardize the stability of their region, or they will be tempted to increase the flux of refugees and they will put their their, their lives at risk and they will just grow the number of refugees in, in other countries. So I think this is something that we have to take into consideration. We have to invest in peace and stability, and the best way to invest in peace and stability is to invest in development. And if we can talk, uh, we can think also about the, the health sector. When we invest in a country uh, to support their health sector, we might be investing in, in, the, in vaccination or ending um, AIDS or TB or malaria, for example. When we do that, we support a country to have a stronger health network. So when comes a crisis like the Ebola one, this country is better equipped uh, to face such a situation and to limit the impact. So the risk of seeing Ebola uh, in, in our country uh, is less because this country, because of our support through the years, uh, was able to face the situation and limit the impact. So I think, and, and there's also the economic side. I mean, Africa, for example, is a huge market. So helping them through development to have a more uh, enabling environment for investment uh, is also a, a way to develop new markets uh, for our Canadian enterprise as well. So there are very few interests for Canada, but we also do it because uh, we believe uh, that we have a role to play and we have to support the poorest and the most vulnerable of our world. Thank you very much. I wish you all the best for the holidays and hope to speak with you again in the new year. Thank you very much. Have a good holidays, you too. Thank you.